0: How to see and share Jesus from all of Scripture. Well, learn with us at the Christ Centered and Clear podcast. Welcome back to Christ Centered and Clear. I'm Nate Aiken, your host, along with my brother, John. And the last episode, I questioned whether Josh Redberg was lazy, uh, for not getting on the the podcast, and he's done it again. So he can't defend himself this week. <laughs> we'll have to wait and let him defend himself. And actually, it may be many weeks until he can defend himself. So we'll see. Uh, if we don't forget about it, we'll let him. Uh, we'll let him defend himself as far as whether he was lazy or not. Today, we're going to talk about the tongue. So, John, you said you did five sermons on this, uh, and so just
1: start us off. What are we talking about when we say the tongue? What do we mean? Yeah. So I mean, so so one. This is a large portion of what Proverbs is talking about, especially in chapters ten through uh, twenty-nine. I mean, it's th- the way that you use your words, the way that you use your mouth, um, is huge. Proverbs eighteen twenty-one: Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that that that's a pretty massive statement. And so we, I've I've preached this a couple times. We have titled it at least one point. We entitled it "Sticks and Stones." um to go after that that old you know children's rhyme but which again there's a lot of truth in it that um the the whole sticks and stones will break my bones but words will never hurt me uh there should be some truth in that 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 we we live in a society now where words Mm. that the phrases are like trigger people or cause trauma and some of that's like way overblown but words have incredible impact and words right. can be very beneficial and helpful or destructive and harmful. And so, so we just kind of lined out all the different ways that proverb talk, Proverbs talks about communication and the use of words, starting from how you speak to not speaking so much to how you listen to other people. Um, and so we, so we had some of those different kinds of um, themes that we that we tackled throughout Proverbs.
0: Uh, so you you how many you said five sermons, but in the commentary, how many chapters?
1: I think we did five in the commentary, okay. if, if I remember correctly. So we so there was an introduction introductory sermon that talks about the heart and how what you say issues from from the heart, and how there needs to be this regeneration so that we can use our tongues in a godly and Christ honoring way. And then there's, there's a sermon on the like harmful speech or ways that we sin with our, with our tongues. Um, There was a a sermon on being able to speak up and confront people. That's a large portion of what Proverbs talks about, of being able to speak wisdom into people's lives um, and not shrinking back out of fear to not say what people need to hear. Um, Also to listen to, you know, the, the, it's a modern English proverb, but Proverbs in terms of the Bible does speak a lot about this, like the whole two ears and one mouth, uh, mm-hmm. listen twice as much as you speak. Like the the Bible does talk about, you know, restraining your speech. Um, and people, it better somebody to think you're a fool and you res- you know, you restrain your speech than to than to spout a bunch of stuff and then them know for sure that you're a fool. Um, and so that kind of like listen up, um we did, we did a thing on what Proverbs says about prayer and how do you pray before the Lord. And um, so th- those are some of the types of uh, messages that we that we did. And then like ner- and then learning like conflict resolution, like when to speak, um, right. how to how to uh, navigate, like what's the right thing to say, what's the right timing to say it in those kinds of things.
0: Did well. I want to ask. Well, I'll ask them this question first, and then come back around to social media. But did you? What were the main points of each of the five sermons that you were? Is it kind of just what you walk through there? And then, uh, if it is that, how did you sort of try to make application for those main points?
1: Yeah. So, so th- those were the main points of each of each message. And then again, kind of using the same structure of well, in in most of them. Uh, so, so in the one on sinful speech. It was kind of that same structure that I've used other places in proverbs like here's here's the standard here's what God says is is foolish speech um and the, here's the here's the res- the consequences of that, both in terms of uh temporary consequences in terms of the way it affects relationships, the way it damages friendships and marriages and so forth, and then you know Jesus and the way that he uh you know never uttered a a careless word and um uh and died for mm. our sin and and raised from the dead and being conformed into his image so that we can speak wisely. Um on the and then in list, on the listening up uh one it was again that's a similar kind of format on the on the confrontation it was a it was a different uh format that was really just super practical. So the main the main point was loving confrontation e- equals the right word from the right person in the right way at the right time uh, and with the right motivation. And so I just walk through what Proverbs says about each of those, um, those different aspects. So it's, it's not just enough to have the truth. You got to speak the truth in the right way at the right time. Um, Those are just things, right? Like Proverbs 25, 11 and 12, a word spoken at the right time is like gold apples on a silver tray. A wise correction to a receptive ear is like a gold ring or an ornament of gold. And you may have the truth and you may say it in a gentle way, but it's not well received because it's not at the right time. All of us can think through, you know, in our marriage or with our children that there are conversations we need to have, but having them at the right time is, is going to be the difference between success or failure and help or harm. Uh, So that, so those are some of the ways we kind of lined it out. What are some ways you try to give I mean, again, those sometimes become issues of prudence.
0: Obviously the Bible doesn't, necessarily even dictate all how you would handle something like that. So how did you try to give handles on what's prudent to have? Like, how do you, how can you like even
1: assess whether it's the right time, uh, to, to have that conversation? That's a great question. And I, I anticipated that question in the sermon and I just acknowledged it and said, Hey, Proverbs doesn't give you a how to manual to know, um, exactly when and where these things like, so some of this is going to take discernment. Now, thankfully the Bible gives a promise in James one that if you lack wisdom and you ask the Lord, he gives generously to those who ask. Um, But I, so I just, I tried to give some like criteria of like a fool speaks with no regard to the circumstances. And so Mm. I think, so, so what I, what I tried to encourage is like, you need to give attention to the circumstances, but don't let the circumstances be an excuse to not be courageous right. and to step up and to have the conversation you need to have. So like when you if if you with your wife need to have, a you know, a conversation, you know, is going to maybe be tense or whatever. Um, when you come home from work and the kids have been a mess and, you know, she's doing all these things in the house and she seems stressed, it, it's not like it's not the best time to be like, honey, let's talk. But, 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 you know, when she's sitting on the couch and watching TV or, you know, the kids are in bed and you're like, Oh man, I don't want to, I don't want to disrupt what's going on right now. Well that, you know, okay. That could just be an excuse. So I, so I tried mm-hmm. to to talk through those kinds of things. Um, and to just say, you've got to give regard to the circumstances, but don't let the circumstances be an excuse not to speak up. Did you make application to social media? I mean, this probably could be a whole
0: episode in and of itself and maybe we could give a series of episodes to think about proverbs and social media but did you make a connection to something like social media when it comes to speech
1: yeah, well we we i addressed it in terms of the application and yeah it would be a um it could be an entire series of things but yes in terms of application i i used it to talk about the way that we talk the content of what we talk about and the audience to whom we talk and so A lot of times I find, and I have addressed, I address this in these sermons, but a lot of times I find that the whole idea of like, there's a Proverbs and I can't remember the exact, um, the exact passage at this point, but like, like a man who grabs a dog by the ears is a person who gets into a conflict that's not his own. Um, and so there's this idea in Proverbs that like, you're, you're a fool if you insert yourself into a conflict that really isn't yours to begin with and that you don't have anything to do with. And I find a lot of social media interactions are that. Mm. Um, Mm. And then the whole, again, this, this idea in this sermon of like the right person uh, speaking the right things at the right time to the right people um, with the right motivation is like, I've said this before in sermons, uh, the whole, like, chastising people and then saying do better doesn't actually help anybody. Goodness gracious. No, no. It's like, it's like, like nobody's ever done better because you sarcastically told them to do better. And then one time after I preached that message, I had a young person come up to me uh, who said, well, how are they going to know to do better if I don't tell them to do it? And and then I'm not revealing to them how to do better. And I'm just like, <laughs> You know, come back to me in ten uh, to fifteen years and tell me how often you're successful using that strategy. Yeah, goodness, yeah. And so, yeah, so I, I mean, one of the major concerns I have about Christianity, like modern American Christianity, is the way so-called um, people who claim the name—I don't say so-called—in terms of questioning their their faith. Let me, let me back up and apologize for that. I, I mean, people who claim the name of Jesus but who communicate in in social spaces. On social media in in such a way that that I just don't see the christ likeness in the communication um and if if every if you're always having to like if the only Jesus that you're appealing to is when he drove the money changers out of the temple, then like you know um it's like one instance in three and a half years of ministry.
0: Yeah, I I say so often, I feel like social media discourse is divulged into a, we act just like the world, just with a, just a little bit fewer cuss words than, than the world. And so, uh,
1: so we are as big uh, a proponents of cancel culture as the cancel culture that we complain about. Yeah.
0: Well, that raises another, obviously very um, well-known proverb and, and it, in some sense, kind of even feels some people might, might say, "Hey, these are contradictory," but it has to do with speech. So you know, you have this whole idea of rebuke a scoffer, and they'll be wise in their own eyes.
1: Yeah. So Proverbs twenty six uh, four and five: Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest to be wise in his own eyes. Um, I I think it's a a super important um, passage, and it's one that I've preached through before, and one to, to acknowledge this is not a contradiction. Okay, people mm. People list uh, contradictions in the Bible online, and, and th- these verses are placed by a guy who was, you know, obviously in that day and age. whoever the, the finer, com- final compiler of the book of Proverbs is. And this section of Proverbs, uh, Proverbs twenty one, twenty five 25, 1 and following is Solomon Collection 2 that's being collected by Hezekiah's men. So these are wise men in the court of Hezekiah. They're not idiots and they put these Mm. verses intentionally right next to each other. And so Mm. they're not, it's not a contradiction. What it's saying is uh, there's, there's a lot of things we can say. So, so let me just try to address this quickly. One, he's saying, don't stoop to the fool's level by playing his game. So in verse four, like, don't, don't answer a fool according to his folly because you're going to become like him yourself. And so there's, there's some types of, Situations and fools that you shouldn't rebuke them, you shouldn't correct them, you shouldn't confront them, you shouldn't engage with them, because your answer will necessitate you stooping to their level and playing the foolish game that they're wanting to play. And so, don't waste your time with that. Okay, and and, and also not to answer a fool in a foolish way. You don't you don't answer a fool by lying or exaggerating or mocking or being unkind um, or so you can you know exaggerate to shut them up to win the argument. You don't fight fire with fire. You don't you don't play his game. Um, and, and so don't keep the conversation going, don't play by his rules. Um, so that that's just that that's what he says. The second thing is you do correct a fool sometimes so that he doesn't think he's wise. So there's some fools, some situations that should be confronted, should be answered, should be corrected, where you don't stay quiet. Um and it, it does it does good to correct them. Because these are the types of people who might listen to you, might hear you. It might be a helpful conversation. And then then ultimately, wisdom is the discernment to know which situation is which. Which situation do I refrain and which situation do I speak up? And Christ um, gives us multiple examples in the New Testament where he was adept at navigating these things.
0: Uh, you've already hit you hit on it there. You hit on it at the beginning, as far as how you uh, obviously kind of pointed forward to a Christ centered interpretation of what Proverbs is saying uh, about the tongue. What are some other ways you did that in your in your four or five sermons that you sort of uh, showed us how this finds its culmination in in the both the person and work of Christ?
1: Yeah, so so, so mainly on that idea of obviously that Jesus never spoke you know an idle or careless word. I, I I mentioned earlier about the need for regeneration and so that we can walk um, so that our hearts are changed so that we so that that what comes out of our mouth demonstrates a heart a heart that's been changed by jesus but but again, just talking about how Jesus knows Jesus um, demonstrated the ability to be silent when he needed to be silent and the ability to speak up when he needed to speak up He knew when to correct. He could read people. He could read situations. He knew exactly how to respond or not to respond. Um, you know, in Matthew 15, when the when the uh, Pharisees challenge him because the disciples didn't follow the rules that they thought they should follow, he is able to respond and to bust them for not honoring their mom and dad for their hypocrisy. Um, when Peter foolishly rebukes Jesus about the cross, Jesus is able to answer him and to correct his folly and they get behind me, Satan. Jesus knows when they're testing him and when he doesn't need to answer or he redirects the answer and they marvel um, at, you know, his answer. Um, Matthew twenty-two forty-six. 46, no, it says no one was able to answer him a word, uh, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. So like he refuses to play their game, um, you know, th- the baptism of John, does it come from God or come from men and they, they don't answer him. And he's like, well, neither, I'm not going to tell you where my power comes from. Um, when he's on trial with the Jewish leaders, he remains silent and amazes Pilate. Um, and so Jews, Jesus uh, had the discernment. He grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God and man. Uh, he had the discernment to know when to speak, when not to speak, when to listen, when to confront uh, and being in him means that he produces this in us. Mm. It's good. Any final word on just application, how you sort of try to drive that home? It was just very, it was a very practical series. Cause it's just dealing with a lot of, of um, just everyday life in terms of way you talk to your spouse, way you talk to your children, friends, employer. Um, and so we just, we really just tried to drill down on, you know, what are, what are the kinds of speech? What are the kinds of things um, that are harmful? You know, like what, the kind of things that you shouldn't say, um, don't be contentious. Don't, uh, you know, get involved in deception. Don't get involved in gossip and slander, even to, to, this is another thing that applied, uh, in a social media context of bragging, like, you know, not, not praising yourself. Um, and so just really try to drill down on here are the kinds of ways you shouldn't speak. And then here are the kinds of ways that you should, um, ways that are, that build up relationships that are truthful, that are Mm. kind and helpful. And, um, and then just how being in Christ is what informs and empowers you to be able to, to use your tongue the way that God wants you to use your tongue and, and to use, you know, James talks about the tongue that you use to praise the creator, and then you use to curse your fellow man. And, and so we kind of use that as a cross-reference too. You've just Yeah, this is a great deal of um, your tongue. We had the prayer sermon as well. So your tongue has a great deal of impact in terms of your vertical relationship with the Lord and then your horizontal relationships uh, with your fellow man.
0: So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a force is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. Mm. The tongue is set. Among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of our life and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile, sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I mean, again, I think we could do a whole... both certainly on just everyday use of our speech, but also social media probably needed even just for our own soul. Um, So thanks for leading us through that. We'll uh, obviously continue our uh, Proverbs uh, series, and we appreciate you listening to the Christ Centered and Clear podcast. Thank you for listening to the Christ Centered and Clear podcast. If you have questions or topics or texts you would like us to consider for future podcasts, please contact us at Clear at gmail.com. And please visit us at ChristCenteredAndClear.com for more resources.